Eric Williams of ESPN has a expectation, quote unquote, that Melvin Gordon is ending his holdout in time for week number one and will be on the 53-man roster for the Los Angeles Chargers. We will have to wait and see. The Athletics' Ben Standig reports the Redskins want to trade contract year wide receiver Josh Doxson before week number one. The Miami Herald's Barry Jackson mentions Kenyon Drake and Kenny Stills are possible trade bait, a potential deal for unsigned Texans franchise player Devion Clowney. And Brewers third baseman Mike Moustakis remains out of the Brewers starting lineup Wednesday afternoon against the Cardinals. Moustakis suffered bruising along his left wrist and palm while trying to field a hard grounder at third base on Monday. I'm Dan Strapper and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And with that, we welcome you inside Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. You've heard Frankie hosting the Fantasy Football Frenzy each of the last three days. Frankie, how are you sleeping, man? I'm sleeping quite well. Maybe it's because I am on double duty right now, hosting the Fantasy Football Frenzy, also joining you here on the BFFs. But... Yeah, I think it's uh, that that jet lag is also helping. So you didn't, I thought you didn't get jet lag. Hopefully that lasts as long as possible, Greg, because I've been sleeping great. That's and, awesome. And man. I've been waking up early, getting here early. I mean, today you were. I was here early, earlier than usual, which is not early. You were late tonight. I was on time. <laughs> it was like ten oh five, ten oh eight. Frank does not subscribe to uh, to Coughlin time. I'll say that much. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're ten minutes late, then you're early. exactly, Danny. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's how this works, right? I, I, I yesterday don't... I walked in at nine fifty eight. Yesterday you that walked in crazy. at nine fifty seven. We'll give you that. It was nine fifty seven. I was like, I literally looked up. And I'm like, Frank, what are you doing? What here? are you doing here? You have like fifteen minutes more of sleep that you should have got. I was just very confused <laughs> why you were here the uh, the three minutes early. Well, I'm sleeping great, Greg. That's why. How are you sleeping? I've been so tired recently. Really? Yeah, like we, maybe you should host two shows. You want you want to host two shows? You want you want more no. work to do? No. It might help you sleep. Greg. I think that's why I'm so tired. I'll show you my text <laughs> messages, and I'm just exhausted. Um, uh, managing interns. Yeah, I, you want to hear that story? New task story. for uh, Alex Fasano downstairs. Yeah, I, I, I think he's going to be great. I tried at, to tell as Frank, a former intern himself. I, I, you were a former intern as well. We don't have to tell anyone. And that. I tried to tell Frank. I was like, "Hey, I think you should manage the interns now." He's like. You know when Nandu was here, like the third in command, which was me, like I, I pretty much ran the interns. And I'm like, all right, so I think the third in command uh, should run it now. This pretty is good a- logic. Over the last year, uh, I've run the interns, so I was like, Frank, maybe you should run the interns now. I was like, mm, I don't, I don't think so. I hand it over to the the, the third in command. Maybe that's Danny. Is, is, well, is, maybe maybe Danny wants to run the interns. I, I don't think he does. I, I think he does. I've heard him talk about it. He loves interns. 
I don't, I don't think so. Hey, we'll figure this out. Uh, yeah. So on we'll the flip sh- a coin. Danny, Alex, one of those two. Did you watch Hard Knocks last night? I did watch Hard Knocks. I, I basically slept through it. So I slept, I was watching uh, Mindhunter, or Judy was. Yeah, everyone's freaking out about Mindhunter. What is this? So I watched season one, and Judy and Judy and I were like pretty bored by it. But what is it? It's a. I'm not gonna spoil anything. Don't worry. I'll spoil anything. It's basically about the first serial killers and like trying to, and how these people like interviewed the serial killer to like understand like their logic and their mindset. So they would go to the jails and like interview serial killers. All right. Is that cool? Like they're hunting a serial killer, whatever. Like sounds cool, right? So this season is like more of the same, but I fell asleep in the first episode within. Come on, Carl. I'm on the Popular air. Greg. Carl. I'm, Phone I'm, calls on the air. You can see me on the air. <laughs> um, so five minutes in. I fell asleep in episode one. She was like, you fell asleep. I was, like, I was really tired. Like, I was, it was Maybe Monday, it's just not for you. Yesterday, season two. So yesterday, we watch it. I made it 10 minutes. Out. Like a light. Same exact thing you said yesterday. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, like a light. So I was watching Mindhunter. And- I'll have to check it out. So I mean, we went, I went, it's, it's hyped up right now. I went to watch Hard Knocks, but it wasn't for whatever reason on my HBO Go. It wasn't on mine right away either. I had to like close it out and then reopen it, and then I it disappeared. That. I did that, and it wasn't there. Yeah, so I had that same issue right away. I usually watch it after it airs, like around 11 p.m., then go to sleep afterwards. That's what I meant to do, and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't on at like 10, 10.30. Uh, I, I had to watch last week's episode because I was in Poland, didn't have access to HBO Go. So I watched last week's episode first. I was very entertained by the third episode. There was a lot of Antonio Brown drama that was going on. You saw the interview with Mike Mayock where he said, you're either all in or you're all out. And then I turned on the fourth episode, basically slept all the way through it, Greg. Yeah, so, I heard it was boring last night. Probably didn't miss much. Probably not. Is this more Keelan Doss highlights? That's like the that's, guy that that's they the keep guy, hyping That's the guy up. this year, Keelan that's Doss? That's like the, you know, yeah. fringe 53-man roster guy who's killing it for them. So. Is he really killing it or Hard Knocks like pretending he's killing no, it? No, he's actually been playing very well in the preseason. Are you picking him up? No, but okay. I think in Dynasty Leagues, like if you're playing deeper Dynasty Leagues, Would you like, rather have Keelan stash Doss him on your bench. or Hunter Renfro? I'd rather have Hunter Renfro. All right. Just because I think he's going to have more of a role right away, but like who knows how long Antonio Brown's going to be in the NFL? I mean, it seems like... On any day, he might just leave and not show up. So if that were to happen, Keelan Dahl's probably starting on the outside. So in Hard Knocks last night, Antonio Brown's back? Like, it's all good? He's practicing? I don't know. I slept through it. All right. <laughs> all right. I guess, yeah, this is I, guess I should probably rewatch it. So on the, on the show today, uh, Frank, you found a, a new tool. You were having a lot of fun earlier. You want to explain to everybody what you found? Yeah, so if you go to fantasyfootballcalculator.com, if you click on the draft drop-down menu... And then go over to average draft position. I, I like to use half PPR ADP. I like to play in half PPR leagues. I think it's the uh, the perfect blend of uh, running back and wide receiver value. I feel like wide receivers get a little bit overvalued in full PPR, and then running backs get a little bit overvalued in non PPR in standard leagues. So right, I like half PPR the most. But it's best anyway, when We're you a click half PPR on, show, we always have been. When you click on the half PPR ADP on Fantasy Football Calculator in that dropdown. They have an average draft position tool. It's basically a line graph where if you click on a player, you can see how their ADP has fluctuated over the past month. So, you know, I was having some fun with that earlier on. I was using it during the fantasy football frenzy as well. And uh, we're going to use it today on the show when we talk about the ADP risers and fallers, yeah. Greg, because there are a lot of players who are rapidly moving up draft boards right now. Absolutely. A, a lot of pieces are... Um Falling, rising, and we talked about it last week. You spoke about it a little bit about with uh, Jim Day, George Kurtz, a little while ago on the Fantasy Frenzy. A lot is changing constantly in fantasy football, and we're going to be all over it uh, as we head into Fantasy Football Draft Weekend. It's the official draft weekend, and now you have a draft every day this weekend. 
Yeah, from Friday through Monday. Friday, I'll be headed over to the Stewart Hotel for the NFFC Primetime Draft. I hear you have a special guest on Friday's program. Yes, I will have Matt Modica live in studio, and I assume Eric Young is going to be on Skype the next two days as well. So Eric Young on Skype with me and Greggy tomorrow on Thursday. Yeah. Friday, Greggy is out. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Another bachelor party for your boy. Last one of the year. And Go I on. will have Matt Modica in studio. So me, Matt, and EY will hold it down on Friday. Then I'm headed over... Right down the road here to the Stewart Hotel. Compete with Matt Modiga again? I will not be competing against him. Uh, he actually has a draft at 8 p.m. It's a different NFFC draft. Sure. All right, so there you go. All right, we'll take a break here when we come back on the BFFs. Let's get into some of those risers and fallers and see what Frankie thinks. We'll be back after this. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. So I got a, a wins league draft going on, and uh, I'm making my picks now. It's four of us in here, and all you got to do is... I got the pick for you, Greg. The, the, should I not pick it yet? I had not presented yet. You did not present it yet. Okay. We missed one. Scared we missed me. one of the highest... I was look, So I went to, go, to the FanDuel Sportsbook to look at the team totals. Right. And the highest team total that you have missed so, so, so far. So let's say it. So, yep. so how it works is there's four of us. All you're doing is picking the teams that you have... You'll get eight teams on your team. All you're trying to do is pick the... Your eight teams to have more wins than the other four players and other three players in my league. Have you ever won this? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, all right. First overall pick was the Kansas City Chiefs. Second overall pick was the Los Angeles Rams. Third overall pick was the New England Patriots. I am up. I have selected the Houston Texans at four. Given their division, I thought they have a good shot to win a lot of games. I think they're the best team in that division at the moment. And I, have, I was going to pick with my next pick, the Philadelphia Eagles. That was Frank's first reaction. That was my first reaction. But as I was pressing enter, Frank's like, don't do it yet. Here we are. What are they thinking? The Saints? The Saints. That's the, so I went over to the FanDuel Sportsbook right away, and I think the best way to figure this out is to look at so the highest yeah, you know, yeah. uh, over-under for win totals for the season. Yeah. And the New Orleans Saints are the only team that has not been selected yet in your draft okay. that has a win total over 10. So they are 10.5. and a half, what, and the what Texans, are the Eagles, a nine and Texans are 8.5. But that's not going to change with the Colts. I, I wanted the Texans. I mean, I assume it would have changed already. So I shouldn't have taken the Texans? you think I should have taken the Eagles and Saints? No, I still like the Texans. I probably would have went Saints and Eagles. Okay. But I think the Saints are probably a fairer bet than the Eagles this season. Okay. I have, select, I have selected the New Orleans Saints. It's, it's press center. But I do, I do like the Eagles, too. I probably, in hindsight, would have went Saints and Eagles. Saints, Eagles. But you understand your logic with the Texans. Texans is not bad. Okay. Yep. So, there, so there you go. Um, let's get into fantasy football players now. Both that have risen and fallen throughout draft season. You go to the Fantasy Football Calculator, and you literally see the line graph. It's very, very cool. You were showing it to me this morning, and it was awesome because it's like, all right, I can tell you this guy was drafted here earlier than there later, but just seeing it just so drastically really says a lot. And I think the biggest, the most drastic line that I saw was with your boy, Dante Pettis, who like started up here, has ended down there. Are you nervous about your boy? Yeah, it would be foolish not to at least be nervous. And, I, you know, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, how they were using this to motivate him. But 
there have been things that have happened since then as well. You know, him playing into the, the late into the game in preseason week three. I think he played until the fourth quarter of that game. Might have been when he sustained an injury. So that's another thing that we have to worry about now. I don't know that there's been a player in the preseason that has hurt their fantasy value more than Dante Pettis. You know, they're talking about how, you know, he still needs to raise the level of his game, the consistency of his game. We we could see that the talent is there. If you look at it over the final four weeks of the season last year, you know, Dante Pettis performed like a top 12 wide receiver over those final four weeks and not on a big target share either. You know, he was just making big plays. He was taking quick slants to the house. I remember there was a play where they were on the goal line. They were on the one yard line and they drew up his number. The only wide receiver on the field, they said, basically, you go out and beat this cornerback one-on-one. We're going to throw you the ball. And he did it. So I think the talent is there with Dante Pettis. But with everything that's gone on with camp, the fact that he has hurt himself, I understand why he has slipped in terms of his ADP. A month ago today, on July 28th, his ADP was 6.10. Today, on August 28th, his ADP is 9.05. I agree with the drop. I have moved him down my rankings a little bit. But I still think that there is value where you are getting Dante Pettis right now, Greg. Jalen Hurd is hurt. Doesn't look like he's going to be ready for week one. Trent Taylor is not going to be ready for week one. Marquise Goodwin is a good value right now as well, going super late in drafts. But when they run three wide receiver sets, I think to start the season, it's going to be Goodwin, Dante Pettis, and Debo Samuel. I think that Dante Pettis is still going to be able to make noise, but there's no questioning George Kittle is this team's top target in the passing game, Greg. So... The reason that I haven't, I haven't really moved Dante Pettis at all. That means you probably didn't, never really had him that high. No, that's not true. Okay, that's not true. Like I've had him where you ultimately put him, and you talked me into him. Admittedly, I got convinced that, like, hey, he's extremely talented. He's an early round draft pick. He was great toward the end of last season. None of that's changed. Sure, he played later in the preseason than I wanted him to. Sure, there's been a lot of coach speak around him, but he's healthy. He's still as talented. Not healthy. He's dealing with like this groin injury right now. But like he played an entire preseason game. They didn't pull him out. I think that that's, my, that's when he might have hurt himself. I mean, they're playing him deep into the fourth quarter. I mean, I, they're trying to use it as a, as a motivational tactic, but it seems like they almost hurt themselves and hurt Dante Pettis by doing so. I mean, the, everyone else is slowly ramping themselves up. I mean, there's a few guys that are playing a quarter, a half. They're playing this guy nearly an entire game. It sounds like he wasn't ready for that. And that's probably when he sustained this groin injury. Yes, George Kittle is their top target overall. But I think that Dante Pettis is still going to be their top wide receiver target on so this team. I, that's my point. Right? Yeah. So, no, so that hasn't changed. If you still believe that Dante Pettis is the most talented wide receiver there. You're getting him at a value. Then you're getting him at a value. Similar to Kenyon Drake. When Kenyon Drake dropped down. Precisely yeah. similar to Kenyon Drake. We'll get into him in just a moment. But I, I think that Dante Pettis, for all the reasons you liked him a month ago, nothing has changed other than... Coach speak, maybe a little groin injury. That's it. Yeah. Like, I think we could be potentially, and we haven't mentioned this at all, sleeping a little bit on Marquise Goodwin because, like, his role is probably the same role he's always had. He is the veteran here. I believe he played all the snaps with the first team offense when they were on the Correct. field. They, he did. In week three of as the As did Dante Pettis. But, like, are we sleeping on Marquise Goodwin a little bit? Yeah, we absolutely are. Yeah. I mean, his he's wide receiver. I don't know. I don't have the wide receiver in front of me, but his ADP is 191. Over the past three days, he's free. And if you play, costing you nothing. And if you play in uh, deeper leagues, like the NFFC, for example, or some of these other high-stakes drafts, a lot of these drafts are 20-round drafts where you're basically just throwing darts at the end of the draft yep. for anyone that has a role on the offense. Marquise Goodwin 
does have a role on this offense. And we saw, Greg, that when Jimmy Garoppolo especially uh, was healthy for those five games towards the end of the uh, uh, towards the end of the 2017 season, that's where Marquise Goodwin put up a lot of his fantasy production. So yes, I do think that there is value to be had there because he's basically free. And I agree with what you said about Dante Pettis. It's a lot like Kenyon Drake, where if you trust the talent, you can get him at a huge discount right now. He's moved down nearly three rounds over the past month. So, you know, I've dropped him in the rankings a little bit. Originally had him inside my top 30. I moved him closer to like 36 now. I have him as my wide receiver 35 overall. But I still think that there is good value getting him in that ninth round range, Greg. Dante Pettis, Marquise Goodwin, two players that you should look at in your drafts, at least uh, according to us. You mentioned Kenyon Drake. Let's get into Drake briefly because as we said it yesterday, so I, I don't want to hit on it too, too much, but Kenyon Drake has also seen his ADP drop and now all of a sudden headed back up. If you look at that line graph, it's like, ooh, right? Like a little you in, in a way. And now Kenyon Drake, because Caleb Balazs looks terrible and because Miami's going to stink, you want the more talented running back. That is Kenyon Drake. Yeah, and honestly, Greg, you know, it hasn't moved up as much as it probably should be. I agree with your logic that it should look more like a U where, you know, originally, two months ago when we first started drafting, you sat in that chair, Greg, and you said, why isn't there more love surrounding Kenyon Drake? You were driving the Kenyon Drake bandwagon. And it seemed like everyone else was too because his ADP started to move into like that late third, early fourth round range back in late June, early July. But then... Kalen Balazs gets the first team rep. And then Kenyon Drake hurts himself. And all these things kind of coupled together. We saw his ADP get as low as the eighth round, ninth round. We got him. Ninth at, round. We got him at 9.10. Correct. 9.10. Whatever it is. <laughs> we got him that late in a full PPR draft in GST, which. You know, is a it's a big buy-in. It's a three hundred dollar draft. These are people who know what they're doing, and we got him that late. And now it seems like the ADP is starting to creep back up. But uh, I think it's obvious at this point. Kalen Balash has not looked great in the preseason. I understand it's not a great offensive line, not going to be a great offense. But we've seen it year in and year out. Even when they haven't had the best offensive line, Kenyon Drake on a per touch basis is a talented running back, and we've seen that time and time again. So. Uh, take advantage of this uh, ADP discount while you still can because it seems like once we get to the weekend here with Kenyon Drake healthy, he's going to start to move back up draft boards. Absolutely. You're going to see that at the Stewart Hotel in each side of the NFFC uh, coming up this weekend. Frank, we got like 30 seconds to go. Well, again, the, uh, in the draft here, in the Winsley draft. Oh, so who has gone in your draft? Philadelphia Eagles went right after me. Ah. Cleveland Browns went. Green Bay Packers went. Pittsburgh Steelers went. Like the Steelers. Los Angeles Chargers went. Mm. Chicago Bears went. I'm now on the clock. I'll make that pick when we come back next live on the BFFs. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Sledgehammer. 
Sledgehammer. Back here on the BFFs, Frank Stample, Greg Sussman. There's just one more NFL preseason week left. You need to know how to navigate the fantasy football landscape without Andrew Luck. Head on over to RotoExperts.com. Check out the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts have you covered their dynasty season-long and best ball formats, and they give you an edge regardless of any type of season-long fantasy football that you play. Save you 10%, RotoExperts.com, with the promo code FNTSY, and that's 10% off with the promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package is available right now, only at RotoExperts.com. We are back here with you, Frankie Stample, Greg Sussman. The win league draft going on right now. Uh, we both agreed on one of my picks and did not agree with each other on my second pick. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys were the team that we agreed on with the, their win total at nine over on the FanDuel Sportsbook. But two teams with their win totals at eight and a half each. Greggy is siding with the Baltimore Ravens. I am siding with the Atlanta Falcons. I just think that there's a little bit more parity in the AFC North. And frankly, I think that the Cleveland Browns and Pittsburgh Steelers are both better than the Baltimore Ravens. As much as I like Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram this upcoming season, uh, I just think that those other teams are more complete teams. Uh, And when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons, they're going to play 13 of their 16 games inside of a dome this year. Matt Ryan's numbers in his career statistically have gone up when playing inside of a dome. Their defense gets healthy. They've addressed the offensive line in the offseason. I think that they're a better team than the Carolina Panthers as of today. And it wouldn't surprise me if they split a game with the... uh, the New Orleans Saints this upcoming season where they win one, lose one when it comes to the Falcons versus the Saints. So it's close. I lean the Falcons over the Ravens, though. Yeah, I took the Ravens over the Falcons. One of the reasons why I didn't want, like, two AFC, NFC South teams already because I'm already canceling something out. I don't know. That's, like, my logic. And I think the Ravens... Yeah. And the Ravens are always one of these teams that just win games and you don't know how, no matter what. I think if you have two teams within one division, that's not so bad. I agree. If you get it to three, that's probably... I, I agree with you know, that. ...counterproductive. Next team off the board was the Seattle Seahawks, by the way. So who did you end up taking? So the Ravens and the Cowboys. Okay, you didn't take the Falcons. So the Seahawks went over to the Falcons. Yeah. Don't like that one either. Um, see, my, my other thought was that... Seahawks defense is not nearly as good as As I told you, as as I, I want Carolina. Been. I like Carolina a lot this year. So uh, if they come back, I'm going to take them. And I didn't want three teams in that division. Yeah, they're probably not going to make it back to you. We'll find out. Eh. A couple teams I still want Carolina. I like Atlanta. Everybody else I like left or now. That, that was it. That's all I like. Oh, Minnesota's not terrible. Yeah, Minnesota, that was the other team that has a win total of nine that hasn't been selected. All right, so if I can get, if I can get one of those three teams, that would be great. Yeah. Not too. Good luck, buddy. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Let's talk about some players that are trending in the right direction. And I want to hit on some guys that we don't talk about every day. And the hottest name that I've seen on fantasy football Twitter has been Matt Breida. People are in love this week with Matt Breida because Kevin Coleman, he talked about it on the frenzy, really doesn't look good. Matt Breida has looked as good as he always does, which is really, really good. The problem isn't Matt Breida's talent. It's simply his ability to stay healthy. Well, he's healthy, and Jarek McKinnon is not. Another setback today. Should Matt Breida, who is now rising to ADP 89, 90 or so, does that seem right to you? Would you take him there? I would take him there, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Again, as we've said all offseason regarding Tevin Coleman, we haven't really said it enough about Matt Breida. Kyle Shanahan's system is one that breeds fantasy viable running backs year in and year out, regardless of who's there. I remember a couple of years ago, Greg, you were all over Carlos Hyde when Kyle Shanahan first went to the San Francisco 49ers, and it worked out. Carlos Hyde had a career year in terms of receiving and receptions that season. And then last year, you know, it it was a carousel. 
But whoever entered that system for the San Francisco 49ers, mind you, an offense that had Nick Mullins as the quarterback, C.J. Beathard as the quarterback last year, no matter who entered, they were fantasy relevant, from Matt Breida to Raheem Mostert to Jeffrey Wilson last year. So if we can cut this down from a three-headed committee with McKinnon involved to just two, a two-headed committee, a two-back committee here with Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida, there's a lot to like about that this upcoming season for Matt Breida, yep. specifically because he's the one who's going three rounds later, sometimes four rounds later than Tevin Coleman. And, you know, I spoke about this with uh, the fantasy Taz, Jim Day, and he said it wouldn't surprise him one bit if, you know, by this weekend... Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman going yeah. in a similar range, and, and I kind of liken that to DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel over the past month, how they've really come close to each other in terms of ADP. But there's no arguing the talent. The talent for Matt Breida. He averaged over five yards per carry last year, and he just needs to stay healthy. And I think there are certain running backs in the league, Greg, where using a committee approach is actually what's best for them. Sure. Because they can't handle a full workload. Aaron Jones is one of those running backs where, you know, keep him in a... 14 to 18 touch roll, he can't handle more work than that. And that's fine because he's really, really efficient. Matt Breida is a similar running back. If we can get Matt Breida 12 to 15 touches a game, get Tevin Coleman 12 to 15 touches a game, behind that offensive line, in that Kyle Shanahan offense that has been awesome for running backs over the past couple of years, that is a situation you want to be a part of for fantasy. So get in on Matt Breida, draft him now while you can because by this weekend, I think his ADP is probably going to climb into like that 6th, 7th round range, Greg. Yeah, as I said, Matt Breida, one of those guys certainly who's seen his ADP climb uh, over the last week or so and the fantasy football Twitter is going wild with him. They love him for good reasons. And you're right, Frank. We want this Kyle Shanahan running back and there's some backs are just better in a committee. Tevin Coleman's always been in a committee. Yeah. Matt Breida, when... Put thrust into the every down roll breaks down. He's better for a committee. These two guys, what makes them so good is that they're good in every role, right? Like, there's no defined role for either. Both can, both goal- can catch the ball, both, both can, can run between the tackles. Exactly. You're absolutely both can be right. goal line backs, both can be third down backs, both can block on a third down as well. So, and, and good pass protectors. So, that's going to be very frustrating, I think, for both the Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida owners. But on the flip side, they're both going to be fine flex plays, and that starts in week one. Giving Matt Breida over whoever the starting running back is in Tampa Bay. Give me Matt Breida over... Agreed. Whoever the starting running back is in Buffalo. Give me Matt... Would you take Matt Breida over Kenny and Drake? Mm, let me see how I have it ranked. I think as of now, that's a... You probably should, yeah. I mean, it's a better offense, better offensive line. Both players are really good on a per-touch basis. Both players are kind of coming with injury concerns right now because Kenyon Drake was just dealing with this injury. Um... So right now I have Kenyon Drake as my RB33. I have Matt Breida as my RB40. I, I, sh- I should move Matt Breida up. I'm going to move him up into that tier. I mean, it, that, that tier is for me Latavius Murray, Philip Lindsay, Austin Eckler, Tariq Cohen, Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake. That's it's, the right tier. You know, it's you that, Miles Sanders too low. We're going to get into that in a second. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that round six through eight range really for running backs. But this is really the range where these guys have a ton of upside. You want to grab as many of these running backs in your middle rounds as you possibly can, because these are the guys that can help you win your fantasy league this season. Yeah, I agree. That's exactly where I just moved Matt Breida also. And another name that kind of sticks out in this range, you said it, is Tariq Cohen. And his ADP has gone the other way. He has fallen since draft season has started. And it's funny, Frankie, I'm trying to wonder why, right? Like, I know what Matt Nagy has said, that we got to limit Tariq's touches so he's effective down the stretch. Like, we overworked and we overused him. 
everyone seems to think that means David Montgomery's going to be the bell cow, and, and Mike Davis can catch some passes too. Again, it's coach speak to me. Like, the role for Tariq Cohen is the same role he had last year. That has not changed. And if you liked what Tariq Cohen gave you last year, you're going to get it. And I don't think, for those that thought Tariq Cohen's role was going to grow, that was your own mistake. But him in this spot, it makes sense. The role, is, the role hasn't changed. It's the same role. There's going to be games where Tariq Cohen's awesome. And there's going to be games that he throws up a donut. Tariq Cohen is the same guy as he has been throughout the summer. Yeah, he is the same exact player. Look, one of the most explosive players in the league. There's sure. just no doubt about it. Uh, another player that we talk about on a per-touch basis, he's never going to be someone who gets you know close to 15 touches or 15-plus touches on a regular basis. They just drafted David Montgomery in the third round of the NFL draft, and they're talking about how much they love David Montgomery. And we've... You know, we've heard things about how Matt Nagy wants a three-down back, someone who can both run on early downs and can also pass block and catch the ball out of the backfield. Jordan And Jordan Howard, he had someone that can run on early downs, but he didn't have someone that can also play on third downs and catch the ball out of the backfield. David Montgomery can do it all. If we love David Montgomery, you hear you know Jim Day moving David Montgomery up to his RB11. He's now a third-round pick for fantasy football. If he's getting all this work, it's coming at the expense of somebody, Greg. Sure. And that's going to be Tariq Cohen. And I think, you know, this is one of those coach speak situations where I think you actually have to believe it. And I think you have to buy into it because coming out of Bears camp, they've said that they maybe want to scale back Tariq Cohen a little bit. I mean, he's someone that can have value both for the NFL, for the Bears, and for fantasy on limited touches. And I think that they realize that and they want him down the stretch and for the playoffs. I mean, this is a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, the Chicago Bears. In order to keep him fresh, they're never going to be able to give him, you know, close to 15 touches. That's where David Montgomery comes in, and I think it makes sense that Tariq Cohen has moved back a little bit. I think this is probably where his market should have been all along, Greg, and originally his ADP was like in that fifth, sixth round range. It's now dipped into the seventh round, and I think that that's a fair spot for him to be in. I agree, and I've always, I haven't moved Tariq Cohen at all. I've yeah. always been at this it's spot. It's nothing bad about the player either. He's a great player. It's just those who thought there was more coming. Yeah, like there's not, not going to be more volume, no. especially when they spend a third-round pick on a running back. They're really excited about that running back. So the, I think they're going to try and get David Montgomery as many touches as possible. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about as many touches as possible, but I think he's going to be... The, as many as he can handle. I don't know about that either. I, I think he's going to be a, the running back, right? Like, the guy that you go to on a first and second down. Like, he's the guy. Tariq Cohen's going to have his role, too. And that's okay. They're both fantasy viable, for sure. I still love Tariq Cohen more in best ball, and, and we've said that all along. For, from like, the beginning. those spike games where... There was these random games last they, year where he would have eight receptions, Tariq 100 Cohen, receiving yards, and a touchdown. Tariq those Cohen literally wins people millions of dollars. Truly. Yeah. And I, and I mean that from a defense perspective. But it's just, it is hard at times because you, know, you can't necessarily predict when they're going to use Tariq Cohen as much. I mean, it's going to be a, a game film thing. It's going to be a, uh, a theory for the Chicago Bears. It's going to be a game plan week to week. If they see a matchup that they can exploit, hey, this team doesn't have linebackers or safeties that are good at covering running backs. That's going to be the week where they use Tariq Cohen a lot, or in games where they fall behind, or if they're in up-tempo games where it's you know it's back and forth, those are going to be the three Cohen games, Greg. We take a break here. When we come back, we'll tell you why Frank has Miles Sanders ranked where he does. We'll see if we can change his mind on Sanders. Stick around. A lot more on the way. It's Fantasy BFFs. Hey, 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Yeah, Greg. Oh, you just got sniped in your draft, didn't you? I did. Carolina Panthers are off the board. Brutal, man. Now what the hell am I going to do? I'm gonna take the, I can't take the Jaguars and the Colts, can I? Three teams in the AFC South? Oh, my no, God. You can't do that. Can't that was that. your logic for not taking the Falcons. Right. Can't do that. I messed up. Seems yeah, like, seems I told like you I, to take the Falcons. Seems like I messed up this draft a little bit. <laughs> Damn it, Frank. All right. Damn it, man. All right. Uh, as I said, going to break, we wanted to get into Miles Sanders, who has seen his ADP rise in a significant way. And yet you're not necessarily buying in, Frankie. I have moved him up my rankings, but I still do have my concerns. I mean, Doug Peterson has run a committee approach as long as he's been there. I understand that. They, they trade for Jordan Howard. Uh, you know, they still have Darren Sproles. They still have Corey Clement and all these guys. Um, I do think that Miles Sanders is the most talented running back on this team. Great offensive line, great offense overall. And I liked where you were getting him a couple of weeks ago, where you were getting him in the seventh, eighth round. But now you're talking about him moving up into the fifth round of drafts, Greg. So for over on Fantasy Football Calculator, right now we see Miles Sanders ADP all the way up to 5.04 as, as early as today of drafts, as recently as today of drafts. So 5.04 in the fifth round, I just, look, he can be a league winner in the second half of the season, but I still think that there are probably running backs going in that fifth round range or even a little bit later on that are going to help you more consistently throughout the course of the season. I'm talking about from weeks one to 16. I think it's going to take a couple of weeks, maybe even a month, before they really start to hand it over to Miles Sanders. He is a rookie. He needs to get better at pass protection. There are a lot of things he still needs to learn. I mean, this team didn't trade for Jordan Howard for no reason. And, you know, if any, if there's anything Jordan Howard is good at, it's being used on early downs and scoring touchdowns and being used on the goal line. So, you know, it, we want, if we're using a fifth-round pick on Miles Sanders, we want him to score touchdowns as well. And, you know, he still is going to have Jordan Howard on this team. So as much as I love this offense, love this offensive line, I've moved Miles Sanders up. I've moved him up to my RB29, Greg. I can't move him ahead of names like Austin Eckler right now, who could potentially be the starting running back of the Chargers, a really good offense in their own right for the first half of the season. Ahead of Latavius Murray, who you know I really like. You know, a run-heavy New Orleans Saints team, a team that produces a ton of rushing touchdowns, um, he's going to have that Mark Ingram role. I can't move him ahead of Latavi- Latavius Murray. Can't move him ahead of Duke Johnson. Can't move him ahead of the Patriots running backs. And then that's where you start getting into that fifth-round range. I think the ADP is going a little bit too far right now. Greg, has there been anything that I've missed while I was away? Like, did Jordan Howard get hurt? Did Miles Sanders make, like, some crazy play? Because I see he didn't play in the third preseason game. So, a lot of it has been coach speak once again. Yeah. Every, and, and beat reporters speak, right? Everyone say how Miles Sanders is extremely and supremely talented. And I, and I think he is, right? And I also think that the fantasy community as a whole are getting smarter. 
And when you draft players like Miles Sanders and Darwin Thompson, I get Darwin Thompson's five rounds later, I know that. But when you do that, you have an eye towards the end of the season where you're going to spend a lot of fab on a really, really talented back. And I think fantasy owners this season are trying to get ahead of that, where I don't want to spend all my fab on some of these younger guys. I want to be smarter, get them now, and hold on to them. Miles Sanders, and you said it at the time the Eagles drafted him, that Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman said this is the most talented guy we've ever had here. It's the earliest they've drafted a running back since they drafted LaShawn McCoy in the second round. And the other running backs that they've drafted that high have been Brian Westbrook and Deuce Staley and guys that they have used in a significant, significant role. But still, this team did trade for Jordan Howard. They did, did bring back Darren Sproles. Josh Adams is still there, as is Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood. Like, that's a lot of names that just rattled off without hesitation. I think Miles Sanders probably is the most talented back. But I think that you have to look at the history. The reason that I haven't moved Miles Sanders ahead of Austin Eckler, that I haven't moved him ahead of Marlon Mack, that I haven't moved him ahead of even David Montgomery, is because I have to look at that history. That Doug Peterson, you can say whatever you want, has not consistently used one running back. He just hasn't. Even when we thought Ajayi was the guy, and even when we thought Josh Adams was the guy, a game or so later, you're back to 10 to 12 touches total. And I'm not saying Miles Sanders can't make the most of his 10 to 12 touches. And I'm not saying he's not supremely talented. There's a lot of guys there, and Doug Peterson's going to use all of them. I like Miles Sanders. I'd like a share of Miles Sanders. But this price is still a little too rich for my blood as well. Where do you have him ranked as of now? 28. 28. So I have him 29, so we're in a similar range. Same spot. I mean, we're there. Yeah. So we have him inside our top 30. We, we understand the upside. Again, I mean, behind that offensive line, there's no doubting it. They're like, talking I'll, I'll about you, using him. I will give you some names I have right behind him, and then I'll give you in front of him. Okay. okay. These are behind him. Miles Sanders or Duke Johnson? I have Duke Johnson ahead of him. I have Duke Johnson one spot behind him. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's the starter for his team as of now. Miles Sanders and Kenyon Drake. I have Kenyon Drake just behind him, RB30. So Miles Sanders and Matt Breida. I have Matt Breida, RB35. Right, and I'm right right there too. Okay. Miles Sanders or Melvin Gordon? I have Melvin Gordon, RB36. Okay, so that's kind of the range. Look at you guys, I have ahead of him. We mentioned Eckler, I have a spot ahead of him. I bet you have have Miles Sanders ahead of this guy. Miles Sanders or Philip Lindsay? I have Lindsay 31. You really cool, two spots behind. You him. really cooled on Lindsay throughout draft process. How come? Well, because they've been talking up Royce Freeman. Everything we've heard in the offseason, I mean, there was an interview done with John Elway where he said he wants Royce Freeman to lead this team in carries this season. Keyword being carries. But they also traded for Theo Riddick. I understand that he's hurt. He's going to miss the first couple of weeks of the season. But that puts a you know, that puts a cap on the upside of Philip Lindsay. Really, really good on a per touch basis. You'll notice I keep using that that Term, per-touch basis. A lot of these running backs in this range are only going to see the ball 10 to 12 touches per game. It's what can they do with those touches. And I think that Philip Lindsay is really good, but you know, when, when you consider Miles Sanders or Philip Lindsay, what you have to ask yourself is, they're both in committees, but the Eagles' offense is better. The Eagles' offensive line is better. And for those reasons, that's why I would lean with Miles Sanders, and he has the draft capital as well. He was selected in the second round of the NFL draft. Philip Lindsay was an undrafted player. They're still going to use Philip Lindsay. I don't mind him as a flex running back, but I have lowered him because they keep talking about using Royce Freeman on early downs and leading this team in carries and it being more of a 50-50 split, and Theo Riddick is going to be back at some point. So 
those are some of the reasons why I've soured on Philip Lindsay. Have you lowered him as well, or do you still have him so inside I, your top 30? I, I still have him uh, inside my top 30. Yeah, I can't do it. I, 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 you know what? He's, he's in my top thir- inside my top 30, but he's one of those guys that I'm going to go in a different direction. Yeah, I bet when you see him on the draft board, like when it's Philip Lindsay versus Latavius Murray or like uh, Miles Sanders, you're, you're probably almost always going in the other direction. Like, yes, but I meant like wide receiver at that point. Okay. That's kind of what I meant. Like, I won't. I, yeah, but, like a Josh Gordon in that range or like a Christian Kirk or something like that. Precisely. Yeah. And the other thing is, but to, to my point not being out of Philip Lindsay, like in my auction draft, like I was in on that bidding because I thought I was getting a, a, a good price on him. Like, he was He's at like. He's a good flex running back. Correct. And he was at like 10 bucks. I'm like, I'm interested here, man. And I think he went, actually, I have it right in front of me. I, I think he went for higher than I wanted to spend. Lindsay went for, I'm sorry, he went for 12. He went for the same amount as Tevin Coleman. Does that make okay. sense to you? Mm, I would still rather have Tevin Coleman. I, ranked, I have him ranked uh, a decent bit higher than him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would probably have Philip Lindsay a little bit lower than that uh, overall. I'm just, I, I'm, as much as I like Emmanuel Sanders, just because I think it's good value where you're getting him, I have question marks about this Broncos offense. Yeah, it's, Look, we were killing the Ravens for you know continuing to throw Joe Flacco out there last year, and then uh, eventually they turned it over to Lamar Jackson, who can't even throw the football, but that's how bad Joe Flacco was, and now he is the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. So, yes, I like Emmanuel Sanders because of the value of where you're getting him, but overall... I have concerns about this offense. I don't think that it's going to be a great offense. They weren't a great offense last year, but Case Keenum is probably better than Joe Flacco. I just I have concerns about this offense, and when you remind yourself that there's going to be three running backs that they're using on this team when everyone is healthy throughout the course of the season, I think it really casts the upside for Philip Lindsay. And I get it. I, I get it. And unlike some of these other scenarios which you've talked about, uh, specifically David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen, it's like, we don't know essentially how this Royce Freeman Philip Lindsay split is. Like, that's the annoying part. Like I don't, I, I can't grasp it. Like Philip Lindsay probably will have more receptions, I would think. But like I don't. Yeah, he's going to. Uh, but Royce Freeman can catch the ball. That's the when thing. he was in Oregon four year career. I mean, he caught the ball that's, a lot. There. That's the thing. He caught passes in college he, yeah. la- last year. One of the reasons we really liked Royce Freeman was because we thought he could be a three down back. Well, it's a new coaching staff too, exactly. so you have so to maybe take he will be. all these things into account. And based on everything that they've said. It seems like it's either going to be close to a 50-50 split or, you know, Royce Freeman might even get more touches than a Philip Lindsay this upcoming season. Before we wrap up, there's a couple of, couple of things I want to hit on. And let's stay in Denver, right? Because the wide receiver position, that's changed immensely since the beginning of draft season. All we heard was about Bayshon Hamilton. Not hearing anything about Bayshon Hamilton anymore. He's going undrafted in most places. Cortland Sutton, early draft pick last year. As soon as Demarius Thomas got traded, you thought Cortland Sutton would really step up. He didn't. And Emmanuel Sanders, well, he was hurt. Now he's healthy. In fact, we saw him in the preseason. We saw Joe Flacco targeted. We saw him on an end around. We saw a deep pass. You basically saw everything you could possibly need to see from Emmanuel Sanders. He was somebody that in our uh, GST draft, I really, really wanted. We drafted him in like the 10th round or so. And now you have to draft him a little bit earlier than that. You're not getting him in the 10th round anymore for a lot of the draft season. He was going even later than that. You were getting him as a 12th, a 13th round pick. I now have Emmanuel Sanders ranked as my highest Denver Broncos wide receiver ahead of Cortland Sutton, ahead of Deshaun Hamilton as well, because he is defying all logic when it comes to the human body. This guy is 32 years old. He's coming off a torn Achilles that he suffered in the middle of the season last year, and he's already good to go. 
It seems like he's running at full speed. He's playing in preseason games. They're using him in a variety of ways. And when he was healthy last year, he was a top 15 wide receiver. So you're talking about a top 15 wide receiver, and not that he's going to re- replicate those numbers necessarily again, but he has the upside at least. We've seen him do that in the past. And now you're getting him in the ninth, the 10th round. So this is one of those players that is climbing up draft boards, but I'm actually still behind where he is drafted here going in that ninth round range because if he is healthy, I understand it's a big if. Yep. Right now he is. I know that it's like defying all logic and it's defying like human science, but he's actually doing it right now. 100%. And, and I'm going based on what I'm seeing, what my eyes are telling me. Veterans like veterans too. He looks good. Mm-hmm. He look, and look, you know what's crazy? Here, I'll give you a random parallel here, Greg. Excited. Is Steve Smith coming? Steve Smith came yeah. back off a torn Achilles and had a great season with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. That's exactly where I get it from. So there you go. Exactly where I get it from. Uh, also, I've been all over this with the Rams. Malcolm, Malcolm Brown's the running back you want to own behind Todd Gurley. I've been kind of trying to tell you that for a while. Now. Greg Sussman is the Malcolm Brown guy. Very random guy to be. But I am Malcolm but that's Brown your guy. guy. That's your guy. <laughs> that's my guy. We also ended up with him on our GSC team. We did. So we uh, put our money where our mouth Not Daryl Henderson, whose ADP has fallen, and rightfully so. Before we wrap up here, Frank, two more wide receivers that both played the slot that we got to talk about. D.D. Westbrook, Jameson Crowder. Which one of those guys would you rather have? In a vacuum? In a vacuum. Oh, of course I'd rather have D.D. Westbrook. Okay. There's no doubt about it. D.D. Westbrook's ADP all the way up to 71.7 right now. Going inside... The seventh round of draft. Sometimes I've seen him go even earlier than that, but we saw his usage in that third preseason game. He was heavily targeted. Seems like a match made in heaven with him and Nick Foles. Nick Foles, someone who has targeted his slot receivers heavily in years past. D.D. Westbrook led all wide receivers in routes run from the slot the slot last year. And if you look at their outside wide receivers, it's you know DJ Chark. He's not someone who's going to demand a lot of targets. He's a big body wide receiver, someone who they could take some targets, uh, who could who could take some deep targets throughout the course of a game, but not going to to, to demand a lot of it. So I still like D.D. Westbrook, but this ADP is almost getting out of control, Greg. Coming up next, Wager Talk, Teddy Covers, Ralph Michaels at the windows a little bit later on. For Frank Stample, I'm Greg Sussman. Have a fantastic night. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. So what did I miss? What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs. I went to watch Hard Knocks, but it wasn't for whatever reason on my HBO Go. It wasn't on mine right away either. I had to like close it out and then reopen it and then it disappeared. I did that. It wasn't there. Yeah, so I had that same issue right away. I usually watch it after it airs, like around 11 p.m., then go to sleep afterwards. So that's what I meant to do, and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't on at like 10, 10.30. Uh, I, I had to watch last week's episode because I was in Poland. Didn't have access to HBO Go. So I watched last week's episode first. I was very entertained by the third episode. There was a lot of Antonio Brown drama that was going on. You saw the interview with Mike Mayock where he said, you're either all in or you're all out. And then I turned on the fourth episode. Basically slept all the way through it, Greg. Yeah. So I heard it was boring last night. Probably didn't miss much. Probably not. Just more Keelan Doss highlights. That's like. 
the guy that's, that's they the keep guy, hyping up. That's the guy up. this year, Keelan Dawes. Like the you know yeah. fringe fifty-three man roster guy who's killing it for them. So is he really killing it, or Hard Knocks like pretending he's killing? No, it? No, he's actually been playing very well in the preseason. Are you picking him up? No, but okay. I think in dynasty leagues, like if you play in deeper dynasty leagues, we'd rather have Keelan stash him on your bench. Or Hunter Renfro. I'd rather have Hunter Renfro. All right, just because I think he's going to have more of a role right away. But like, who knows how long Antonio Brown's going to be in the NFL? I mean, it seems like on any day he might just leave and not show up. So if that were to happen, Keelan Dahl's probably starting on the outside. So in Hard Knocks last night, Antonio Brown's back. Like it's all good. He's practicing. I don't know. I slept through it. All right. <laughs> I guess I should probably rewatch it. So on the on the show today, uh, Frank, you found a, a new tool. You were having a lot of fun earlier. Do you want to explain to everybody what you found? Yeah, so if you go to fantasyfootballcalculator.com, if you click on the draft drop-down menu and then go over to average draft position, I, I like to use half PPR ADP. I like to play in half PPR leagues. I think it's the uh, the perfect blend of uh, running back and wide receiver value. I feel like wide receivers get a little bit overvalued in full PPR, and then running backs get a little bit overvalued in non-PPR, in standard leagues. So right. I like half PPR the most. But it's best. Anyway, when We're you a click half PPR on, show. We always have been. When you click on the half PPR ADP on Fantasy Football Calculator in that drop-down, they have an average draft position tool. It's basically a line graph where... If you click on a player, you can see how their ADP has fluctuated over the past month. So, you know, I was having some fun with that earlier on. I was using it during the fantasy football frenzy as well. And uh, we're going to use it today on the show when we talk about the ADP risers and fallers, Greg, because there are a lot of players who are rapidly moving up draft boards right now. Absolutely. A a lot of pieces are um, falling, rising, and we talked about it last week. He spoke a little bit about uh, Jim Day, George Kurtz, a little while ago on the Fantasy Frenzy. A lot is changing constantly in fantasy football, and we're going to be all over it uh, as we head into Fantasy Football Draft Weekend. It's the official draft weekend, and now you have a draft every day this weekend. Yeah, from Friday through Monday. Friday, I'll be headed over to the Stewart Hotel for the NFFC primetime draft. I hear you have a special guest on Friday's program. 